I'm Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, author of the book 50 Things They Don't Want You to Know About Trump. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. More Biden border lies are being exposed as the horrifying numbers show the sheer toll of illegal aliens flooding into the United States. The omnibus insanity means trillions of tax dollars for border security, not here in America, but around the world. There's more, yes, more Title 42 madness. Marjorie Taylor Greene is throwing down on Republicans fighting Kevin McCarthy's speakership. We talk about the Democrat Trump obsession part 400, the Trump tax return edition, more Twitter security state coup details and much more. They said there was a process or there is a process Biden administration said the border isn't closed and anybody saying otherwise is contributing to the propaganda that is being used by the mass murdering Mexican uh, cartels. Of course, the Biden administration didn't call them that but the Biden administration is telling so many lies. It's it, it is it is starting to appear that they can't keep up with the lies. So Fox News uh, reports the quote, new experts from immigration and custom enforcement training videos reveal the challenges faced by border officials due to the Biden administration's relaxed, quote, no processing, end quote, immigration policy, which resulted in the government losing track of at least 150,000 illegal immigrants in the summer of 2021. So last summer alone, the, the the brave, dutiful border agents, who I assume are just trying to do the best job that they can, but working with far fewer resources than they need, I'm sure, lost track of at least 150,000 illegal immigrants last summer. And a, an ICE official explained, quote, you know, over the summer, we had well over 150,000 folks come in. They were issued a piece of paper. They said, go find somebody in ICE. And that was pretty much it. There was no processing. I know this isn't something that you guys asked for. And I can assure you that no one in the criminal alien program asked for it either. So that number doesn't even include, obviously, the over one million gotaways. And uh, which is, again, an estimate of people that came into contact with Border Patrol agents while trying to illegally enter the United States from Mexico, but were not apprehended by border agents. Hence, the term got away. Over a million since Joe Biden took office. Again, that's an estimate. Um, obviously, uh, this is a huge deal. And I, I the, the, the Biden administration sending Corrine Jean-Pierre out there uh, is is becoming an even bigger deal because she can't actually trumpet the Biden administration's lines. They're talking about there's a process. I, Martha Raddatz asking Greg Abbott on on Sunday in an interview if he bears responsibility 
Does he think he has a role in the people who are flooding across the border? That was the DNC talking point. It's why I brought it up on Monday's program, because that's that's been the line that the, the Biden administration has been running with for weeks and has ramped up over the last 72 hours. The problem is, is that you have MSNBC sending reporters. These these people may be ideologues, but the point is the cameras are trained on the biggest immigration catastrophe since maybe to the summer of 2014 when we saw equally astonishing numbers of people flooding over the border. The Biden administration this entire time has tried to obfuscate, dodge, pass the buck, give non-answers from Karine Jean-Pierre. Joe Biden is, you know, in between ice cream licks. That dude doesn't give a damn. I mean, he literally was asked less than a week ago... (laughs) You're going to Arizona. Why not go to the border? There, there, there are more important things to do. <laughs> Kamala Harris is just on another planet. I mean, she's literally just giving us word salads on every issue, but particularly this one. You know, she's being asked, I guess, because she was, you know, named border czar and was going to get to the root causes of the mass illegal immigration. She went to to South America. I think the problem is actually happening on the border, closer, you know, here to the United States. The Biden administration has failed to keep the border chaos off of the nightly news, out of, you know, the left-wing cable news uh, TV. And it's, that, that was the whole gamut. It's just too wide now. There, it's too many uh, breaks in the dam, if you will. Here's here's some sound from MSNBC reporter says she spoke to uh, several illegal immigrants who told her they are basically waiting for Title 42 to go away. And they entered here with no contact from immigration authorities at all. Cut 10. We were even able to see, as of last night, a lot of migrants just crossing and migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in. Just walked right in. Uh, It's absolutely amazing. So the $1.7 trillion year-end omnibus spending bill has passed this, uh, well, it's 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 probably going to pass the Senate. I don't want to get ahead of myself. More on that later. But we have the bill, 4,155 pages. We're now being able to see what's in it. I think it's going to be out. So it's been out for a day. So about 48 more hours, it'll be out before the Senate starts to get the vote going on, on the omnibus spending bill. $1.7 trillion of your money, our money, to fund (laughs) border initiatives overseas. And now $1.7 trillion doesn't go to that, but John Bender, Breitbart News, points out that the spending bill includes $410 million, quote, for enhanced border security, end quote. Get this, folks. You sitting down in Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. At least $150 million of the funding is to be used to help Jordan secure its borders. 
The Democrats hate you. They hate this country. And the Biden administration has been the most flagrant example of that hatred that the your own government has for you. No sane government would do this. Alexander Marlowe is absolutely right. The, the omnibus spending package, which they could have done this in the fall, in the summer, in the spring. But no, they waited until a week before they all get ready to skedaddle out of town for Christmas to pass this monstrosity. Bender continues, the hundreds of millions of dollars for border security, thousands of miles away from the United States, comes after Republicans and Democrats negotiated a similar plan in March that saw about $370 million go to border security initiatives in the Middle East and North Africa. Now look, I get down on my knees and pray at night. I pray for all the people who live in those countries. But I would say, as I wrote about in my first book, this isn't new. And I would actually like for the security of, you know, the United States borders, both both northern and southern, to be the first priority. I think that's the expectation, but certainly that's not the priority of U.S. elected officials in Congress. Bender says, meanwhile, President Joe Biden's administration is projected to oversee 2.6 million border crossers and illegal aliens arriving in the, at the U.S.-Mexico border next year. <laughs> A figure that would eclipse this year's record of about 2.3 million encounters. So literally hundreds of millions of dollars to fortify and secure the borders of countries thousands of miles away. Uh, people who live in those countries, obviously not American citizens, while our borders are open. They are open. Producer Zach, cut 10. We were even able to see as of last night, a lot of migrants just crossing and migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in. The, the, the border uh, enforcement agents, they swear an oath to the Constitution, similar to m most federal law enforcement agents. These, these people don't want this. They don't want to have news cameras going down, uh, taking statements from illegal immigrants who say, yeah, no, I just walked right in. But that's what's happening. We, in effect, do not have... A border right now. What we have is a Department of Homeland Security headed by Alejandro Mayorkas that is basically working as a third party, a middleman agency, a conduit, if you will, to just move and traffic humans and drugs across the border with impunity. That Joe Biden is the yeah, he's the largest human trafficker in U.S. history. He has to be. The DEA seized more than 370 million doses of deadly fentanyl in 2022. The administrator said that this week, said the, procedures, the seizures recorded by the agency this year contained enough fentanyl, quote, to kill every everyone in the United States, end quote. Greg Abbott's administration in Texas said that just from Operation Lone Star alone, that they seized uh, around the same figure, over 300 million doses of deadly fentanyl. 
That doesn't include the methamphetamine, the heroin, the marijuana that has also been seized. I, I, my life was changed when I had the unfortunate uh, uh, circumstance of walking up on someone shooting heroin into their body. I, I, I was traumatized in the moment, stunned, literally, and was shaken for several weeks later. And still to this day, I'll be 50, 50 years from now, I'll still remember that moment. If you've never seen a person who is high on meth, looking for the ingredients to cook more meth, and you haven't lived. I've had probably a hundred jobs in my life, but I spent a lot of time working at gas stations in, in, in Georgia, in Tallahassee, and and I spent years working at CVS, where you know the ingredients to make methamphetamine are right there behind the counter. This, these are drugs that come over our border and the DEA can't seize it all, obviously. And they don't. But so much of it is getting in. So much of the fentanyl is coming from China. A war is being waged on the United States from that mass murdering regime in Beijing. The Mexican cartels basically run the northern part of Mexico they own the territory. They have the manpower, the guns, the money, the resources. This is, this is a war being waged on us. And it is coming at us in waves. The, the Chinese mind control social media app, TikTok. Uh, destroying the minds of our youth. Now, the, you know, omnibus bill uh, does include a ban on TikTok from government devices. But that's just government devices. Also, there's a little loophole in there. Well, you know, we may keep it as long as we can say that we're protecting the private security of the federal employees using it. Um, this is this is an unprecedented level of 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 attack on our nation, and I, 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 we'll we'll obviously stay on the story. But the but the ramifications of this thing is. We're just not going to be able to actually be able to tell for, for many years to come. The omnibus bill also gives the Department of, uh, uh, of Justice $212 million in increased money to prosecute January 6th prisoners. Um, that's, 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 that shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. Um, the... Uh, President Joe Biden uh, is probably going to sign this bill. And when that happens, some $50 billion uh, will also go to the war in Ukraine. So, again, you know, uh, like uh, like a, probably like a billion dollars all told between the package negotiated last summer and the omnibus bill to border security in several different countries around the world. And then $50 billion or so to fund a war. That's all going to Ukraine, who had its borders invaded by Russia. You see, the irony here is pretty sick. It's pretty disgusting. 
President Joe Biden plans to meet with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky on Wednesday, that is today if you're listening live, in his latest effort to show solidarity with, the, with Ukraine after Russia's invasion of their sovereign borders. Um, the president's public schedule remains empty, but reports noted Tuesday that Zelensky would travel to Washington, D.C. and appear in person on Capitol Hill to lobby for continued support for his country. Now, it is also uh, being reported that the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package also includes uh, a, a park uh, to be named in honor of Ukraine. Uh, I, I imagine because of the war. So money, money to, to, to carve out some land and build a park uh for for ukraine it's um it's it's quite unbelievable uh so we got another twitter files drop on tuesday so that'd be edition number eight the company allowed government to wage influence operations twitter gave this is a quote twitter gave approval and special protection to the u.s military's online psychological influence operations well, that's 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 pretty terrible. Twitter maintained this from Alan Bakari, senior tech reporter, a strict ban on foreign influence operations over the past half decade, except in the case of the U.S. government, which was permitted to use the platform for, quote, psychological influence operations in quote abroad, according to a new report and a new installment of the Twitter files. So according to uh, journalist Lee Fang, despite public pledges to shut down all government-backed platform manipulations, Twitter made an exception for the U.S. You're probably going to hear a lot of talk about the, the now-deceased U.S. Senator Frank Church, a Democrat from Idaho. You're probably going to hear a lot of talk about this now-deceased Senator because there was a commission named after him. It's called the Church Commission. And Frank Church, uh, he, he, he was basically the face of this commission that uncovered uh, what, what, what we can only assume had been years or decades of Security uh, operations by national security uh, uh, agencies, CIA, the NSA, uh, the IRS was actually swept up uh, in the Church Commission as well, which uncovered these agencies' ability to monitor communications from United States citizens. Uh, and as far as manipulating uh, the information gleaned from those communications, to run clandestine operations abroad, but also here in the United States. Um, here is the aforementioned now deceased Democrat from Idaho, Senator Frank Church, talking about this capability in great detail and about his fear that these national security agencies would be able to one day use these tactics on American citizens, cut nine. But let me tell you this. 
in the need to develop a capacity to know what potential enemies are doing, the United States government has perfected a technological capability that enables us to monitor the messages that go through the air. Uh, these messages uh, are between ships at sea. They could be between units, uh, military units in the field. We have a very extensive capability of intercepting messages wherever they may be in the airwaves. Now that is necessary and important to the United States as we look abroad at enemies or potential enemies. We must know. At the same time, that capability at any time could be turned around on the American people. And no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide. If this government ever became a tyranny, if a dictator ever took charge in this country, the technological capacity that the intelligence community has given the government could enable it to impose total tyranny. And there would be no way to fight back because the most careful effort to combine together in resistance to the government, no matter how privately it was done, is within the reach of the government to know. Such is the capability of this technology. Now, why is this investigation important? I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to see this country ever go across the bridge. I know the capacity that is there to make tyranny total in America. And we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess this technology operate within the law and under proper supervision so that we never cross over that abyss. There, that's the abyss from which there is no return. Um, that was Frank Church, Senator Frank Church, uh, excuse me, in 1975. The Church Commission Committee was a 1975 U.S. Senate Select Committee named for that senator. Again, they, they investigated alleged abuses by Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, NSA, the, the FBI, and the Internal Revenue Services. There were CIA agents, this according to the former heads of major news networks who were working in concert with journalists, anchors on those networks to give messages according to what CIA wanted to disseminate through the establishment media at the time. I say all that to say that what Twitter has, uh, what has been uncovered with Twitter working in concert with the FBI, with the NSA, and other national security agencies isn't new. But it's 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 the abyss, it's the bridge being crossed that Senator Church there just said that he feared fifty years ago. Um. Boy, it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask Frank Gaffney. I'm pretty sure he'll have some, some very interesting thoughts on that. Um, from one gangster government story to another, this from Jordan Dixon Hamilton, Breitbart News attorney at law. In an unprecedented move, Democrats on the House Ways and Means Committee on Tuesday voted to release several years worth of former President Donald Trump's tax returns. 
Committee's vote, Dixon Hamilton continues, came after Chairman Richard Neal, a Democrat from Massachusetts, started a lengthy court battle in 2019 to review Trump's tax returns. Last month, U.S. Supreme Court denied Trump's request to block an appeals court order, ruling that he turn over his tax returns and financial information to the committee. So we know that the Biden family is making tens of millions of dollars, uh, you know, landing billion dollar plus deals with the Bank of China. We know all of this. And yet we're we're now about to see uh, uh, because of a victory by congressional Democrats, snooze stories about Donald Trump's tax returns, a man who is not president hasn't been for years sure he's seeking the office again but that's the priority of the of the house democrats right now uh speaking of priorities representative marjorie taylor green in a lengthy statement uh is criticizing house gop leaders kevin mccarthy's detractors saying that they were quote lying to the base end quote about having plans for upcoming speaker vote. So Marjorie Taylor Greene's been a pretty vocal supporter of Kevin McCarthy's bid for speaker. And now she's taking aim at those House Republicans. There's about five of them who've pledged to to never vote for McCarthy as speaker. Marjorie Taylor Greene says, quote, it's time for my friends in the Never Kevin caucus to stop lying to the base just because they don't like Kevin McCarthy. They do not have a plan and there is no consensus candidate sabotaging the country for personal reasons is not brave or righteous over time i learned many of his goals and are actually aligned with mine and the conservative base marjorie taylor green said i i am hearing things from kevin mccarthy on just about a daily basis that i like to hear from a republican conservative values the the will to actually fight the, the 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 traitorous bastards within the Republican Party on the Senate side and in the House. Um, Kevin McCarthy is threatening to block bills from Republican senators who vote for this omnibus spending package. This, according to Breitbart's Window Hasebo. Um. Kevin McCarthy said, uh, let me, uh, I'm sorry, let me see here. Representatives, so Kevin McCarthy on Tuesday joined 13 Republicans who vowed to tank any priorities of GOP senators who vote for the 4,100 plus page omnibus bill that was negotiated with Democrats before any new Republican majority could take office. Quote, at the very least, due respect for Americans who elected would call for not passing a lamed up bill just days before members fly home for Christmas and two weeks before the new majority is sworn in. Senate Republicans have 41 votes necessary to stop this and should do so now. So the Senate needs 60 votes to pass the omnibus. You got about four or five retiring Republican senators who got all their goodies in the bill who will certainly back it. Kevin McCarthy is saying if if a Republican senator votes for this omnibus bill and if that same Republican senator brings up business that me, you'll need me, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, to pass in the House, I won't do it. 
I won't do it if you if you vote for this omnibus spending package. Now, Kevin McCarthy's playing with house money here. I mean, he, he has nothing to lose by going out on this limb, but he doesn't have to. He's not even speaker. It's not even promised that he'll be speaker. And for him to do this, for him to say, if you're a Republican senator and you do this, you're going to have to basically sit on any initiative that you want to see passed. Which is also weird because Joe Biden would unlikely sign any Republican senator's initiative into law anyway. Speaking of Joe Biden, he said that the Iran deal is, quote, dead, but we're not going to announce it, end quote. Well, he said that on a hot mic a couple months ago. In a clip recorded on November 4th, it's the strongest confirmation to date that the Biden administration believes there's no hope of resurrecting the tattered Obama-era deal, which would have basically given Iran the nukes that they say they would use to annihilate Israel. Um, another defeat for Democrat media cronyism, the JCPA is out of the omnibus spending package. So according to Alan Bakari, although it is likely that wasteful spending will be well represented in the recently released trillion dollar omnibus spending package, at least one act of corporate welfare did not make it into the bill. The Journalism Competition and Preservation Act. So there is a, a, a lead photo of Amy Klobuchar, the Democrat senator who was the Democrat face along with Chuck Sumer. But it should probably be a, a, a photo of Ted Cruz and Senator John Kennedy, the Republican faces backing this bill. So that's good news amongst a pile of, of, of horrible news. Michael Schellenberger, one of the Twitter Files journalists, he tweeted uh, on yesterday, the mainstream media's blackout of the Twitter files is appalling, but word is getting out anyway. A new Harvard-Harris poll finds that 76% of voters think former FBI official James Baker acted out of politics in censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story while at Twitter. Those respondents were asked, do you think James Baker, the former FBI official involved in the Trump-Russia allegations, was acting out of politics and banning information about the Hunter Biden laptop while working at Twitter or was not a political in, politically influenced? So, so seven in 10 Americans are up on game as far as Twitter's collusion with the FBI to help a Democratic presidential candidate, despite the fact that is, there's basically a blackout from the elite left-wing establishment media on the story. Um, that's good stuff. I, I should say that Matt Boyle has a bunch of exclusive content in an interview that he did uh, over the weekend with President Trump, that you should check it out. But President Trump is, is coming out forcibly saying uh, that Republicans must engage and fight Democrats on mail voting and ballot harvesting, just like the Democrats do. Um, that's good stuff. It's interesting stuff. Boy, auto executives are less confident in an electric vehicle adoption than they were a year ago. So for the U.S., the median expectation for electric vehicle sales was 35% of the market by 2030, down from 65% a year earlier. I'm just saying, when you factor in the fact that Tesla's stock has dropped 
by billions of dollars in worth, I think almost 50% year over year. And the fact that China is an unmitigated disaster of a country, which a lot of the materials for the battery and parts come from, it just, it, it, it's, a, it's a game. It's a game. I'm not saying electric vehicles will never be uh, the norm, but Audi, I think, is doing away with combustion engine vehicles by 2028. California, I think, is outlawing them. A few years after that, New York's just announced a similar policy. Hung Kao, retired captain. U.S. Naval Special Operations, and former Virginia GOP congressional candidate. Hung, welcome to the program. No, thank you. I've been thinking about this for a day now. Um, I mean, obviously you learned a lot from your race. Um, And I think sometimes, or maybe oftentimes, people, you know, John James in Michigan sort of comes to mind. He ran for governor, Senate, and now he's a a congressman. uh, you know, West Point grad himself. Do you plan on running again? You know, we're we're still praying about it. My my wife and I are, are thinking about it. But right now, we have uh, state elections coming up this coming year, where uh, the uh, Virginia State Senate is at stake here. We just need two more seats in order to flip the state Senate. We did it last year. We split uh, the um, we flipped the. House of Delegates and the governorship, and the governor can't reverse these 45 days of early voting or mail-in ballots without, uh, without the Senate. Yeah. So we need to concentrate on that right now, and that's what I want to work on is just to make sure Virginia voters know what's at stake. It's important work because the number of states, should you flip the Senate, you Virginia will become a trifecta state, which is to say that you know, Republic. One party controls the governor's mansion and both uh, chambers of the legislature in the state. That would be absolutely amazing, considering the fact that just about a decade ago, that the Democrats ran the House and the Senate in Virginia, and you had a dangerous governor named Terry McAuliffe. I mean, a lot can change. There's been a little bit of talk hung on this program already today, considering what Carrie Lake is doing in Arizona about the integrity of the vote. Obviously, we've learned a lot about what the FBI was doing with some 80 active agents at Twitter, uh, in what looked like an election uh, compromising operation run out of the DOJ, out of Twitter. But elections still do matter. And if people are educated enough, if the candidates are engaging enough and are running on the right issues, you can have a situation in which Stacey Abrams is being touted by the national media, held up by the tech companies, put on the cover of every magazine cover. And Stacey Abrams has a sister, I think, who's a judge in in Georgia. It's weird. Uh, And uh, she amasses $100 million hung and gets the floor wiped with her uh, by Brian Kemp. No, you're absolutely right. I think uh, quality candidates makes a difference. Uh, We we showed that in this election. We moved the needle 13%. And, uh, you know, people believe in this. I mean, I still walk around going to the grocery stores. People are like, oh, my gosh, I voted for you. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, I said, hey, just have faith. We're, the system's going to work out. The, the way, you know, the pendulum always swings back the other way. And uh, we will, we're going to have an awakening in this country. I mean, especially with everything that happened right now in Loudoun County Schools, which is in my district, you know. This is the epicenter of the, uh, the parents' movement across the nation when parents realize what schools were teaching their kids. And then not only that, the, the whole transgender issue, critical race theory, all that stuff happened right here in Loudoun County where I live. I, 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 I called Loudoun County sort of ground zero, zero of sort of the gender woke wars that, that we've seen. Um, I think we saw that in this election, sort of the parents' movement, certainly in the flipping of so many school boards. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that in, you know, coming elections, do you sort of see the same urgency from that new awakened voter block um, playing an even larger role in future elections? But do you get the sense that the Virginia Republican Party hung is really taking advantage, really, really taking up the mantle uh, of, you know, and backing ideas like what Kevin McCarthy wants to do, sort of a parent's uh, bill of rights. Yes, I mean, uh, that's what Governor Youngkin got elected on, just yeah. especially the same infamous words from Terry McAuliffe saying the parents don't know what's uh, best for their children that the school boards do. And that really resonated across uh the uh, the state. I mean, it's just one of those. It's a third rail you never want to touch. That you come in between a parent and their children. And I guess as someone who escaped from communism myself, that's the first thing communist countries do is they separate their children from the parents and they turn the you know they make them the ward of the state. Uh, Hung Kao, retired captain, U.S. Navy Special Operations, uh, joining the program right now, former congressional candidate uh, from from Virginia. So you've obviously sworn the oath. You you gave uh, lives, uh, years of your life uh, to serving the country um, in the Navy. How long were you in active service, Hung, before you sort of realized, and maybe you didn't call it sort of the woke culture coalescing and and, and pumping through, you know, the, the, the central nervous system of the military, but did you, did you sort of notice sort of the, the leftist culture infecting, I mean, maybe it was a conversation, maybe it was a, a, a decision or a series of decisions, uh, by your superiors that made like did like maybe it was training materials that you were given. I mean, did you when did you notice that something was awry uh, in the service? At the end of my career, when I started seeing people uh, attacking the former president, but really touting Biden, uh, that's when it just sent, <laughs> you know sent chills down my spine. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy caused Kabul to fall. I mean, I was yeah. in Kabul. Uh, I was in Kabul six months before it fell. It was safe and it would mean it was stable enough when we left we were going to leave 2500 special operations guys in there to to maintain the peace and we were basically starting to take the training wheels off of their uh bikes and all of a sudden biden just pulls out 100 percent and and lets the country implode and allows the taliban our enemy to now be a legitimate uh you know government uh over there and and they're they basically reversed everything we did in 20 years and that's, what, that's, what, that's what scared me. The Afghanistan withdrawal, you can see it in terms of public opinion, surveys. It was an inflection point in the country. 
Um, and now it just feels like it was five years ago. But did you, I mean, talking to maybe the people you served with, maybe the people who you were in contact with through relationships who were active at the time of that withdrawal, did you get the sense that there was a shift um, um, among military members, family members, the, the community as a whole? Uh, whether active duty or not, did you get a sense hung that there was a, that there would be a permanent shift in sort of the relationship between those who served and those who continue to serve to see to see Joe Biden do something like that, which just kind of went beyond political motivation. I mean, and, 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 and I think it was just come in, reverse everything that Donald Trump did, no matter what the cost i mean did you did you get the sense that there would be a permanent shift after the the afghanistan debacle no absolutely well we call it the george costanza thing right uh, i'm gonna do everything <laughs> opposite of what he did right but right. um but it's it really is i mean it's uh, just seeing what senior officers were willing to roll over i mean we <sighs> right after uh the uh, bombing of of uh abbey gate which i trained those guys there for that exact same scenario right and um, Man. just watching uh, afterwards, we did an airstrike and and we killed a uh, humanitarian worker and a bunch of kids. Yeah. And usually heads would roll for that. Where are the heads? Where's Mark Milley's head? Where's where's the, the CENTCOM commander's head for that that action? We, we didn't we just turned a blind eye and said, oh, my bad. Uh, you know, it's just not. The, the way the American way. We need to start looking at what happened at Abbey Gate. Why did we fail there? Why did we not take care of uh, the the people that have been helping us? I mean, I was part of a group that pulled out 162 people after the U.S. withdrawal, and it's there's groups that brought out thousands of people, and we we all just did our part because we owed these people our lives for what they did for us. Um, we're. This, this has been a, a big issue for me. Um, I have so many relatives, so many friends who have served and are still active duty now. The coronavirus vaccine mandate, um, the NDAA is riddled with, with its own issues, but the repeal of the vaccine mandate is at least a part of the legislation. Um, but it seems like the Pentagon is going to continue to drag its feet. Um, you had almost a thousand uh, Air Force uh, service members ousted for refusing to take the vaccine, almost 2,000 in the Army, almost 4,000 in the Marine Corps, uh, and, and over 2,000 in the Navy, uh, and a few hundred in the National Guard. Um, my, my, well, one of my views is, Hung, is that this policy shouldn't have even uh, been been forcibly applied in the way and in the manner that it was to begin with. If if readiness and recruitment was already an issue in in several of the uh, the, the, the branches of the military, enforcing a policy onto a population of people who I have to believe are in the one percentile of, of healthy human beings on the planet. It never made any sense to begin with. It's good that justice will be served. Now, we'll see what the Pentagon does in reinstating these people with back pay and making sure that their records are clear. But so much of this has just felt like self-sabotage on a level that's just, just insane. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've lost a lot of friends or I've fought for friends who lost their jobs because of this in, in the military. Guys who um, 
one guy was a uh, helicopter group commander, and he was the number one group commander in the entire Atlantic fleet. And um, <laughs> he 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 had he had gotten COVID, and so he had his blood drawn, his titers, uh, and and basically they they measured his immunity against his uh, flight doctor, who was boosted, you know, vaccinated, boosted, and he had more immunity than the doctor. But yet they still denied his. Uh, um, you know, you know his exemption, and so therefore he he was forced to retire, even though he was going to make admiral. You know, we're losing good people. Wow. We're uh, the army lost was twenty five percent below their uh, mark last year for recruitment. The navy only barely made it because what they did is they moved forward all the um, delayed entry program. Well, that's going to cause a problem for next year, right? I mean, it's just like uh, robbing Peter pay Paul, and, yeah. and it's just. We're not facing the issue, and so we're kicking these people out while recruitment's all-time low, morale's low, and I don't know how we're going to fight this next war if we have to get into a, a conflict against China. Hung, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, be, be brutally honest here. I just um, read some reports last night that I, I haven't even gotten to in the program uh, right now. I think the Taliban has released two, two U.S. foreign nationals, but then you know, buried in the report is that, you know, we're still giving them money. They're still banning women and girls from being able to be educated. Uh, the, 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 the idea that we are working with the Taliban who is controlling that country, we know that they have, uh, they're, they're basically an appendage of the Chinese communist party. Um, I, I I I don't know. I mean, there will be an, another administration. Democrats won't control the the, the White House forever. But, but 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 how does that? How's the relationship between the United States government and the Taliban? I, I just don't even see how it works. How it's tenable. Long term, well, I, I don't either. I mean, they they were basically our sworn enemy for for twenty years. I mean, they, these guys are a bunch of animals. I mean, <laughs> people don't understand what happened after we left there. Uh, like, for example, female police officers that we trained, one of them was pregnant. They shot her in the stomach and killed her and the, the baby. Another woman, they, they pulled out her brain with a screwdriver in front of her kids. These people are animals. They're not people that we can negotiate with. They, they don't care about the rule of law. They don't care about human rights. And so over here, we're touting about human rights. But what about the human rights of people in Afghanistan? What we, we've given liberty to for 20 years and all of a sudden to... to to just pick up and leave um, in the middle of the night, like you know, it, it just it just doesn't seem right, right? It's sickening. Uh, Hung, thank you so much for joining the program. Hopefully, uh, you do it again. Uh, keep praying, and, and hopefully, you run again. Uh, I think I think the Virginia congressional delegation could use you. No, thank you so much, and uh, it would be an honor to serve the state and the, and the United States again. God bless you. Well, Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas to you. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening. I got